0: Welcome, everyone, to Today's Focus for Thursday, November the 17th, 2022, at 1129 a.m. Central Time. Today's Focus, Meditation and Action. I didn't know what else to call this because Spurgeon refers to this as meditation is to the soul what oil is to the body of the wrestler. <laughs> I was like, what do I, do I call this meditation and wrestling? I almost wanted to go with that idea. But Spurgeon went with meditation is like oil, that oil that a wrestler will place on their body. And I was like, okay, what Spurgeon, what, what are you trying to say? Because if you think of say modern day professional wrestling, I know some people don't like professional wrestling. I, it's storytelling. We, we, we can get into a whole discussion there. They may place the oil on their body, for the purpose of how it makes the body look, to make their their muscles stand out more, to make their their physique stand out more. But obviously, that's not what Spurgeon has in mind when he's thinking of a wrestler putting oil on their body. So what does meditation have to do with that? So the only thing I could think of is meditation and action. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Now, If you've been with us, you know we have been talking and discussing the subject of meditation. We have been doing that on our series Bible Study Exercise, where we've been talking about meditation this week. And we've been doing that so here on the Today's Focus podcast series, we've been talking about meditation as well. Because I'm trying to get Christians to understand that we need knowledge, but we need meditation that... Well, let me state it this way. We need study, which that's how we obtain knowledge. So we need study and we need meditation. You need both. They go hand in hand. Study is the obtaining of that knowledge, the observing of facts. It's gathering the facts. It's gathering the knowledge. Meditation is taking those facts, taking that knowledge, bringing it inside of you, having an internal conversation with that information, and by having that internal dialogue where you're 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 uh, contemplating it, you're 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 giving it your attention, it leads to an emotional impact, and we've discussed that now over and over and over again. But what we've been doing is working on a sermon preached by Charles Haddon Spurgeon in the 1800s, and we've been going through this sermon. The name of the sermon is A Very Profitable Exercise by Charles Haddon Spurgeon, preached somewhere between 1834 and 1892, somewhere in that uh, period of time. We have talked about how meditation uh, furnishes the mind with rest. We've talked about how meditation is the machine in which the raw material of knowledge is converted to the best use. Um, We've talked about that, and then today we come to meditation is to the soul what oil was to the body of the wrestlers. So we're just going through each point of this sermon. Remember, today's focus is supposed to be about 15 minutes long. I keep breaking that rule, but I'm trying to keep it as close to that as possible. So without any delay, without any further delay, let's go to the sermon by Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Are you ready? Ready? Here we go. When those old athletes went out to wrestle, they always took care before they went to oil themselves well to make their joints supple, S-U-P-P-L-E, supple. Now that means capable of moving or bending freely. So the oil was to help their bodies be able to move and bend freely. It, had a, it, had, it didn't have a use just to make them look better, but it was to do something to their bodies so that they could move, they could bend freely, they could be more, how can we say it, better prepared, more capable more ready to engage in the wrestling match. So let's read this again. When those old athletes went out to wrestle, they always took care before they went to oil themselves well to make their joints supple and fit for their task. The oil helped make them fit for their task. Now, meditation makes the soul capable of of moving or bending freely, or makes the me- meditation makes the soul supple. The same word he used in regards to oil and, and and the body of a wrestler. So, in other words, it is meditation that makes the soul ready. It makes the soul fit for its task. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, let's continue. Meditation makes the soul supple. It makes it so that it can use things. When they come into the mind, now, that's interesting. Meditation is what makes us gives us the ability to use things when it, they come into our mind. That's okay. All right, I, there, there's there's much I could say here, but let's let's continue. He he goes on to say, again quoting Spurgeon, "Who are the men that can go into a controversy?" and get the mastery? Who are the people who can walk into a controversy and they gain the mastery? They they are capable of dealing with the controversy. Why? The man who meditates when they are alone. It's the man who meditates alone who can go into the controversy and gain mastery. In other words, meditation makes us ready, makes us fit. Who are the men that can preach? Not those who wander about aimlessly in search of pleasure. They're not the ones who can preach, according to Spurgeon. He goes on to say, uh, and uh, the men, uh, okay, who are the men who can preach? Not those who wander around aimlessly seeking for pleasure and never commune with their own hearts alone, but those who think earnestly as well when no one is near than as when there is a crowd about them. The one who's ready to preach is the one who spends much time alone in meditation, thinking, contemplating, having that internal conversation, that internal dialogue. Now, I would say the one who can preach is the one who studies, 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 but the study doesn't just produce knowledge because they take that knowledge and then in meditation have the internal dialogue so they actually feel it. And once you feel it, You know it, you feel it, then you're ready to preach it. Some are great with the knowledge in their preaching, but it doesn't seem like they feel anything. It's just like they're reciting facts. And some have such great passion, but then they get all the facts wrong. You have to have both. And I've been trying to establish that uh, in all of the study, all the teaching that we've been doing on this this week. They go on to say, um or or when I say, uh, he goes on to say, who are the authors that that writes your books and keeps up the constant supply of literature? They are meditative men. They keep their bones supple and their limbs fit for exercise by continually bathing themselves in the oil of meditation. How important, therefore, is meditation as a mental exercise to have our minds in constant readiness for any service. According to Spurgeon, the way to be ready spiritually for anything is meditate. The lack of meditation, you are not ready. Your body is not ready. You're, you're not ready spiritually. Now, I will argue you have to have the study part, though. See, You've got to have the study element. The study element is you're getting the facts, you're getting the truth, you're getting the information. Meditation then begins, that, that truth now is released inside of you and it begins to have the impact, which now makes you ready for any service. Now, Spurgeon goes on to say, I have thus pointed out to you that that meditation is useful to every man. A meditation is good for the mind, even upon worldly topics and natural sciences. Much more it is useful when we come to a spiritual learning. The best and most saintly of men have been men of meditation. Isaac went out into the fields at evening tide to meditate, Genesis 24, 63. David says... I will meditate in thy statutes, Psalm 11948. Paul, who himself meditated continually on all that related to the gospel, writing to Timothy uh, concerning the important things needful in a good minister of Jesus Christ, says, Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them that they profit many, that th- that thy profiting may appear to all. 1 Timothy 4.15. To the Christian, meditation is most essential. I should almost question the being of a Christian, and I should positively deny his well-being who lived habitually without meditation. Meditation and prayer are twin sisters, and both appear to me equally necessary to the Christian life. I think meditation must exist where there is prayer, and prayer is sure to exist where there is is meditation. My brethren, there is nothing more lacking to make Christians grow in grace nowadays than meditation. Most of you are painfully negligent in this matter. How often do you, through lack of meditation, miss the entire purpose for which the sermon was designed? Unless you meditate upon the truths we declare unto you, you will gather little sweetness You will acquire little profit, and certainly you will be no wise established therein to your edification. Can you get the honey from the comb until you press it? You may be refreshed while you listen to the sermon, but it is the meditation afterwards that extracts the honey and gets the best and most most benefit from it. Wow. Now, there's a lot here. Meditation makes us ready. Maybe the reason Christians are not ready to deal with so many issues is because of a lack of meditation. We could talk about it. How ready are you to face any situation because of serious, serious, serious time and contemplation and meditation and thinking and having that internal conversation and dialogue with truth? But here I, I I'm really going to come back to this one more time because I, I've tried to make this a point, and I'm just going to use the last couple of minutes here to really drive this point home. I'm going to have to beat the pulpit, pound the pulpit, even though this is a table. I'm going to use it as a pulpit. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to really, 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 really just. I want you to really think about this. I, I really want you to meditate on this. Think of all the churches in the United States of America. Think of all the Christian radio stations. Think of all the Christian podcasts. The Edify Christian podcast app, they brag that they have like over 2 million Christian podcasts, right? It's insane how many. Look at how many sermons are on Sermons 2.0 app. Look at how many sermons are preached every week in the United States of America all across this country. Think of all the people who pull up in those parking lots, walk walk into those nice big buildings where so much money has been spent, those nice chairs or, or pews or whatever, and someone stands there holding the word of God, and they preach and they preach and they preach. Thousands and uh, think of all the millions and millions of words that are used every year into the proclaiming the truth of God to Christians all around the United States of America. And then you look and it seems that there seems to be so little impact on that preaching and teaching. Christians are biblically illiterate, theologically illiterate. So then we can call into question the quality of the preaching. And maybe we could. Look at the lives of many Christians. There seems to be very little spiritual growth and we seem to be spiritually defeated and there seems to be so many issues in the lives of so many believers. Now, I understand part of the problem is because we're sinners and we're always going to fall short. I understand that. But I just wonder if, 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 if any of those sermons, Any of that preaching, any of that teaching, does it ever get past just knowledge in the head and actually gets into the person so that it can have some impact through the process of meditation? I don't think people meditate on anything. People don't think deeply about anything. I've told you so many times how frustrating I I get if I go to a movie with someone and we get, and and as soon as the movie's over, I'm ready to analyze it, talk about it, tear it apart, break it down. I want to discuss the meaning, this, 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 this. this, And sometimes the best I can get, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I like that part. That was funny. Like the most basic observations. Like it's like, okay, never mind. Just never mind. Just, just. Can you just stop the car and let me out? Because I'm just going to walk by myself and talk to me, myself, and I about the movie. Because we can at least have a meaningful conversation about the meaning and the message and the purpose and the idea. And other people's like, I don't care about any of that. Well, that's the problem. You don't care to think about anything. And if you don't even care to, if, if you don't think about anything, then what makes you think when it comes time to meditate on the things of God? You will. I'm always blown away by that. People are like, yeah, well, it was a good movie. I mean, like, they they can't. It's like it seems impossible for them to get beyond the surface level to anything. There's more. There's more behind the surface. Think about it this way: almost everything. It's like all all, all you see is like the the very t- tip of things. The, the 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 real good stuff is below the surface. That's where that's where you really benefit. That's where you really enjoy it. To really take a movie apart and understand its purpose and its meaning and its message and why they did this and why that camera angle was this way and why they used that lighting and this and did you see that shot and all the discussions about... That's where the the real enjoyment and passion comes from. But I think too many Christians, we sit in the pew, we gather facts, we write the facts down in our notebooks and that's the end of it. And then there's no meditation so we don't get to sweetness. Sweetness we don't get the wine using uh, a an illustration that Spurgeon used earlier in that sermon and we, we didn't even finish the sermon there obviously because we're we're already over time but for this for this podcast series we will talk more about the sermon probably in the bible study exercise but i just i just feel like that that's i'm not saying that that's, that that fixes every problem okay i'm not saying oh ladies and gentlemen i've discovered the problem with and we can fix it but i just think that there is a there's such a surface-level way of thinking in the minds of so many people. They don't want to think deeply. They don't meditate on anything. It's just a casual observation, and their conversations are very just surface-level. And then when you get to Christians, ask Christians about the sermon. I mean, it was good. That maybe they'll remember a point. Maybe. Maybe. But I'm like, I—, I I don't need you to recite the points. I need you to tell me, so come on, what did you think about it? What did you feel about it? What give me something? So many times I'm when when I after a podcast, I, I so many times I I, I, I create my podcast, or, or at least in theory, I design my podcast to try to spark conversation. To discussion, so that we can talk about something meaningful. And so many times, it just feels like it falls flat because, like, I'm trying to get people. I want you to think about it, meditate on it, struggle with it, deal with it, deal with the the complexities of the question, deal with the complexities of the problem, drink from it. it, it, it I I I'll just I'll end with this. When I was uh, I, I grew up in Buffalo Gap, Texas. Grew up in Buffalo Gap, Texas. I know you don't care, but it's a little small town. It's about 289 people. A lot of history there, especially with Native Americans and 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 Buffalo Gap's really kind of like it, it's it's in between these. Lo- they're not mountains. I mean, it's West Texas. These large, very, very, very large hills, and on top of some of them are, are basically buffalo. Uh, that's why it's called Buffalo Gap. And in many cases, the Indians would or the Native Americans. But they would run the buffalo off the top of those hills, to, so they'd be killed, and then they would go in and take the bodies and, and, and use all of the, the parts of the buffalo for the different things that they needed it for. One of the reasons it's kind of called Buffalo Gap, right? And, um, and, I, and so I, I loved growing up there. I didn't love, there were certain things about it, but I just loved the whole area, Buffalo Gap, and, and just there were certain things about it I loved. I'm very grateful that I got to experience a lot of that. But right across the street from our house was this old house. I, I don't know if it was like from the 1800s. I don't know. It, was, it, had, it had just been there forever. It should have been turned into some kind of a historical marker. But right next to it was a well. And you could walk to the top. You could look down. There was like a a string, right, with a bucket. You could drop the bucket down there, pull the bucket up. You get this nice cold. It's it, it came from like a, a a underground spring. I don't know what it was, but nice cold, refreshing water, right? You could pull it up. But guess what? You didn't get to the water by standing there at the surface. You didn't get you didn't get there by, by standing at the surface, just looking at it. I could go, I could go look at, I could stand there, I could maybe try to smell, I could try to feel the coolness coming up from the well. No, I had to drop the bucket down. I had to drop and bring the bucket up, and then I could taste the nice, cool, refreshing spring water there in West Texas. Right? It, it, was, it, was, it was really awesome and cool, but that's that's the problem. So many Christians, we stand at the surface and we know all the points and we know all this and we know all that. But we won't dip the, the bucket down into the well. That's required meditation. So we really get to the deeper part, not the surface. I could run around that well all day. Run around it all day in the summer heat of West Texas where it's t- 7,000 degrees. Wasn't going to do me any good. I had to dip the the bucket, drop the bucket down, bring it up. Then I could drink. So many Christians are just sitting on the, in a sense that they go to church and they sit on the, right next to the well, right? They sit next to the well and they, they hear about all the stuff at the bottom of the well and they can recite, the well is this many feet. It's, it has this water. The origin of this water is this. this da, 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 da. The water is this temperature. Da, da, da. And you have And they got it all written down in their notebooks. But they never drink of it. Does that does that does that illustration work I know that that's not that's not Spurgeon's illustration but but he does make a point that there's not there's no meditating so nobody gets the benefit of it I gotta I gotta think about it I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta spend time with it I hope that works I hope that works but Buffalo Gap if you're ever in West Texas, the town does not look like it used to. It, there there was something kind of just – I maybe I had a kind of a romanticized version of the town in my mind as a child or as a as, – as a, as a, well, preteen and as a teenager. There was just I, – I would walk around the town and I felt like I was either like – I know Tom Sawyer took place on, on in Missouri next to the Mississippi River. I I know that, but in my mind, I felt like I was there. I don't know where I thought I was, but it was just – I, I was transported to somewhere else. Like, even though it, it just, there was something about the town. It was just awesome. It doesn't have the same vibe now when I go through. Um, I, I wish people could experience what it was like growing up there. It was just you know, you could just, walk I mean, it, it was just so different than other people's experience. I mean, you could walk around one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, all over the streets of Buffalo Gap. You never worried about anything. There was never, you never felt there was any danger. There wasn't even a police force. There was no, I mean, it was just a, nobody locked their doors. It was just a, it was just a, a crazy, interesting place to grow up. And and it, and, and, and it was in the, in the history there of the Native Americans, the history of of the buffalo. And the buffalo are still there, Um, or at least they were there when I was growing up because I almost got trampled to death by a stampede of buffalo because I was up where I was probably not supposed to be. But And uh, the train tracks were right there. Just a, a beautiful town. But I'll just never forget the well that was right across the street, right there, right there. He just walked over there and there was the bucket. I mean, the house had been abandoned for who knows, 300 years, who knows. Um, and but and you can look inside and it, it, it did feel like something like out of a Western. It, you, you, you almost like you almost wish they would have done something with it. Uh, there is a historic village there in Buffalo Gap uh, capturing some of the uh, the area. But yeah, I, I definitely loved growing up there. I didn't like the school, and, and but I loved Buffalo Gap. And uh, yeah, so there you have it. Hopefully that's beneficial. Thanks for listening. That is today's focus for Thursday, November the 17th, 2022. I apologize that we went 24 minutes. I will make sure I do better and try to be keeping them at 15 minutes. But that's today's focus. Meditation and action.